Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is Photo Op. Hello, Photo Op Podcast fans. Hello, hello. Uh, we're, we're actually starting to get fans now. This is fun. Yes. I like it. I like it. I'm talking to real people instead of myself. It's real people amazing. That aren't our immediate friends and families. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Strangers on the internet. It's great. Okay. So today we are talking about uh, what constitutes a full-time photographer or maybe what constitutes a professional photographer or maybe what is the difference um this is something that randomly got kind of name dropped a couple of episodes ago and i thought you know what that's a good idea we should talk about that well today's the day people we are talking about that oh boy yeah um this (laughs) is a, a debate i think in many uh artistic professions but i think perhaps photography is like the leading profession for people discussing oh, yeah. you know what is a professional photographer photographer because what, what not constitutes everyone that? considers themselves a professional painter even though no, everyone yeah. has access to the same paints and brushes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh there is a huge gap between your stick figures that you draw on notepads and a real good painter um but for photography literally anyone can pick up a camera shoot something and call themselves a professional my name photography page on facebook um which ironically enough if anyone wants to know why i didn't use my name that's why <laughs> do i regret it maybe <laughs> yeah. but it happened so, so we're many. here now so many we're those, here now uh if you're listening to this in podcast the real question form, ask yourself in- the real question to ask yourself is, um, what if you're a photographer that also does other stuff? Like, or or what if you're, you know, in a painter that does other other stuff? Like, if you're yeah. Bob Ross, are you a professional painter or are you a professional entertainer? Right. Ah. That's where it gets tricky. It's where it gets. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I was going to say for all the people at home, uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you might not know my business name is Nom Creative, as in Om Nom Nom. And that's the YouTube channel you can watch that on. And yep. that's, I don't use my own name for photography. I use that name. So that's the, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> He's got really cute business cards too with a bite taken out of them. I, I do. They're so, delicious. Oh, oh I, I've. Definitely when coronavirus is over, seek out Ben so that you can get one of the bite cards. There we go. Excellent. I just put all of my info on the internet by showing you the back of the card. But, there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, it's on my website. Started, I don't huh? care. Anyway, everyone in audio only form, we've lost them. They're all gone. Yep. No. <laughs> bailed. They bailed. No, we love all of you. The rest of this will be interesting. I hope it'll be interesting. Anyway, as you can full-time... tell, some of these shows are a little bit more structured <laughs> than others. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where this is going. It's going to be an interesting ride. So, uh, yeah, the thing that kind of started us down this road. Um, we were talking about what constitutes a professional or full-time photographer. Mm -hmm. And then some people on the internet like to get real nitpicky and kind of like, Oh, I know. Right. No, but they like to say, well, there's a difference between a full-time photographer and a professional photographer. I'm like, Oh, shut up. No, that's, that's kind (laughs) of what we're talking about today. 
Um, so I wanted to start by kind of defining the different like layers and levels of photography and then kind of deep diving into the professional part yeah. and like, when do you know you're a professional? What makes you a professional? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at the very top, the super obvious one is the career photographer. They have been hired by some company, and that is the job that they do 40 hours a week. They go in, they do photography, they go home. Mm-hmm. Professional. I, I feel like this is pretty easy to call. Professional photographer, right? Full-time photographer employed benefits, yep. all that. Yeah, they're um, incredibly rare nowadays, unfortunately. They are. Uh, yeah. The next category, I think, is the category that I fall into. Uh, that is the full-time photographer that is not employed anywhere. It is a either self-employed person or freelance person or someone who runs their own studio, uh, which is what I do. So um, their their income is whatever clients they can rustle up. There are some months. I think the best month I ever did, I made seventeen grand in a single month, but then I didn't make anything for like another two months because I was doing all of the work for Peaks all the deposits that I brought in. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It it yeah. flows when you're self-employed. There is a budgeting system that you got to do. It's not every two weeks. I budget annually. So it's it's a little bit a little bit rougher and you got to, you know, stretch it for when times get thin 2020. <coughs> anyway, um <laughs> so so the freelance photographer like, mm-hmm. there may be times where they don't have freelance gigs. Is like, is this person still a professional? Of course they are. They Like, yeah. they might need other work to support it, which is definitely a thing that I've had to do over the years. Mm-hmm. I've gotten short-term gigs to kind of get me through slow patches. Um, I feel like kind of, not, not necessarily below that, but if we're doing categories, the next category would be someone who is a professional photographer, but they have a full-time job. So someone who, like, works at, let's say, like, Microsoft, Mm -hmm. but they shoot weddings, and they shoot 20 weddings a year, which is how many weddings I like to shoot a year. 20 is, you know, a good amount to keep keep me busy. So they're working their butts off because they work 40 hours a week for somebody, and then the evenings and weekends they do, you know, whatever photography they do. Like, is that person a professional photographer? Or are they – the other term for that is weekend warrior, which is (laughs) – kind of a derogatory term i guess um and then i feel like kind of the uh next level below that is the hobbyist the Mm -hmm. person who's like they just love photography like yes they'll probably charge you money but like they're just doing it for the beer money um there's one photographer that i met um they were helping me research kind of like their editing process so that i can do tutorials on editing cuz i need to see what you do wrong before i can tell you the right way to do it type of thing um and so they were showing me their process and they were telling me like their goal is they just need to make $400 a month mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. spouse had a job and that job paid all of the bills minus about $400. So they're like, as long as I can get like two clients a month and pay that like $400, I'm good. That's it. And, and then some, there are other... Some yeah. hobbyists, it doesn't even go that far. Some, they really are shooting just for their own, you know, interest and just their own fun. And if they make some money at it, great. You know, if they make some more some months, mm-hmm. make less other months, they don't really care because ultimately it's not about the money. It's just for fun and, you know, some spare and, cash And is those type of people, most of the time the philosophy is as long as it can pay for itself. 
Exactly. Hey, do you want to buy that new Sony camera? Well, did you make enough money from photography this year to buy that new Sony camera? If yes, knock yourself out. Um, so it's kind of that thing of like they don't want to put them, themselves, their family in the hole because of this habit. So the habit's got to pay for itself. Sometimes it doesn't because you got a good job and you don't care. Mm-hmm. But like as long as the hobby can like self-sustain, that's kind of all they care about because they have fun yep. doing it. And they want new toys and they got to pay for those toys somehow. So they charge you money when you do. they do a shoot for you. Um, and then, of course, below that is like, student they have no idea what they're doing they're getting there they will eventually fall into one of these categories you know um sure did i miss any does that sound like the whole spectrum of kind of where people fall into this employed in photography thing yeah um that sounds like it um i would say that perhaps the only gap um which is where some of this gets a little bit vague is um what if you do photography as part of your job, but not your whole job? Mm. That's a little... I will I will add in one more funky. that I will mm-hmm. actually, instead of call a professional photographer, I will call a technician. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who generally do like minimum wage plus sales commissions. Mm-hmm. And they have they work for some company that I won't say names, but you all know who I'm talking about. Mostly they do senior portraits. And, um, like they have certain rules. They must do these poses per the rules. They must use these camera settings and lighting setups per the rules. And then afterwards they just sell you stuff. Yeah. So there's less creativity there. Like they're following a script and anybody mm -hmm. who could follow that script equally well can do that job. It doesn't require. Exactly. So that's, that's the person that I would call a camera technician. Yeah rather than a photographer because all of the things that make up the wonderful thing that is photography gets stripped away from them when they walk into that job. They're a button so, presser. So <laughs> uh, aren't we all? Yeah, exactly. No, that's a little uh, No, so yeah, about, so. Uh, a little, little bit tangents here and there, but, but we're going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that covers it for the most part, though. Um, but there is a common thread with all these, which is that at the end of the day, they're making some kind of money. So is that what? Yeah. So, so I, I found here are the various internet definitions that I Mm -hmm. found of kind of where people thought you are a professional photographer. Mm -hmm. One is you must make a hundred percent of your money from photography, which by that definition, I am not a professional photographer because I also make money from tutorials and video and stuff. So like, does that count? Um, and then there are other people that you're just shooting photos at what? 24 or 30 or 60 (laughs) per second. So it's totally legit. So really fast photography. (laughs) Um, and then there's, and then there are this other definition, which I feel is super arbitrary. Do you make 51% of your money? from mm, photography this is Are you mostly a photographer that's the nit i don't like that definition that's pretty nitpicky and then uh there was another line that i saw professional means that you get paid it says nothing about skill level mm-hmm. which is interesting and yeah. i think we'll come back to that uh the last two definitions that i found online were the ability to run a profitable business well can you be a professional photographer who just doesn't have any clients right now does that make you a not professional anymore like if you're a comedian but no one laughs are you still a comedian (laughs) good point good point uh and then the last one is do you have a business license and insurance oh like are are you like are you legit 
And it's like, well, literally anyone can do that. I know people who do that, who do like one or two shoots a year. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're professional photographers. I mean, not even. You can just get a business license, like, and not use it. And funnel money through it. (laughs) (laughs) We're not recommending you do that. No. Uh, You could. Yeah, so so far I've just been listing stuff that I've found, but yeah, kind of what what do you think about all this? What what kind of is a professional um, to you? Maybe I'm just uh loosey goosey about this stuff. Um but personally, I kind of I, I kind of see it in the making any money slash uh y- you know, you like you just like you just do it and somebody pays you at at some point at the end of the day like i i think these percentages are dumb like i don't think you know 100 percent or 51 percent. i don't think that makes any makes any sense i think making any money at it kind of makes you a professional maybe not well maybe i not mean truly i think there's you've there's, got there's like that hobbyist that. who does it for the beer money yeah. or the student who's like hey i need to buy stuff can you pay me 20 dollars when i take your photos like yeah they're and not professionals. Part of the reason why I hesitate to put um, put too much of a point on it is I don't want to discourage people. Like one of the big things that we've talked about on this channel, right, is that we want to encourage people to charge money for the services that they're offering. And I hesitate to put too much of a barrier to calling yourself a prof- professional because I don't want people to undervalue their abilities and their output. Um, so maybe I'm a little loosey-goosey, but I'm al- al- also kind of weirdly protective of people's ability to refer to themselves as professionals and pursue being a professional. Um, When I was a student, (laughs) um, basically I had, um, I had scholarships that paid tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, my 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 rent was only five hundred bucks at the time, so my parents put five hundred bucks in my bank account, which covered rent, which was cool. But it was like, hey, do you want to eat? You need to make money. So literally, as long as I could get like a hundred, hundred fifty bucks a month doing anything, whether that was like you know teaching, I taught for one of those SAT prep things for a little bit, and you know yeah. other random jobs. As long as I could get something, like I can eat, right? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Yay, great. Um, so then as soon as I started doing photography and all of the stuff I had to get started piling up and then hard drives and memory cards started going belly up and stuff on me, I realized, wait a second, all of this stuff is stuff that has a lifespan. So Mm -hmm. I very quickly calculated what it costs me to do this shoot. And even if it's like a penny a photo, right you should be charging a penny a photo because hard drive storage and memory card usage and wear and tear on your camera. I actually think it's more than a penny a photo, mm-hmm. but like you straight out of the gate, if you're any good at all should charge something just so that you're not paying someone else to do it, which is essentially what's going to happen if you charge nothing. So I agree with you on the, I don't want to put a barrier to entry on mm-hmm. you must be a professional to get paid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. I, everyone, as soon as you reach bare level of competence, should ask for something to at least cover yeah. your bases. Yeah, exactly. And and like I don't, um, you know, another reason I hesitate to put an exact barrier on it that's around something like money is I think at the end of the day, it's more your approach than it really is the dollar value. 
Like there, I have worked with people that have, you know, that, that have a very, um, a very methodical, very meticulous approach to working in this space and people that do not. And both of them might get paid, but like, which one would you call a professional? So I, the money definitions to me are very not valuable. I mean, like it's cool, right? It's, it's hard to argue that you're not a professional if you make a hundred percent of your, of your income from photography or make the majority of your income. So like, I think that's cool and that's an aspect and it makes it hard to argue that you're not a professional at that level. But, um, I don't think there's any shame in not being there. I don't think that makes you not a professional to not be there. I think other things are certainly aspects of that perhaps more I, strongly. <laughs> I love that. And I think that really gets at the crux fit of being a professional is not about how much money you make. I wanted to get all these out of the way. Cause if you look it up, I guarantee this is all you're going to see all over the internet. Cause that's all I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, how much money you make, I think is irrelevant to the professional quality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're charging less than it costs you, then you're either really, really, really bad at your job or you're not a professional. So you need to at least charge your cost if you're trying to call yourself a professional, right? But yeah. I really think it comes down to the qualities and the frame of mind and how you treat it. Um, and so kind of in that vein, I went down like another rabbit hole and I just started looking up like what is a professional And if you get past like the Webster definitions and stuff, it is just a bunch of mostly university and like recruiting type people saying like, here's how to be more professional in the workplace. But they all kind of said the exact same things. Uh, You need competency at your job. Whoa. I know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and that seems really obvious, but there are a lot of photographers out there that so are not many. very competent and they get I once <laughs> I once second shot a wedding for someone and they had never used a flash before and we the bridal party wanted to shoot inside on the, in this like cool lounge but it was really dark and their camera didn't have a high enough ISO to just crank and then because I had a speed light on my belt, I'm like, here you go. But they didn't know how to use it. So I'm their assistant showing them how to light a flash. And then I eventually just said, here, one sec. I did all the settings for them, handed handed them the camera, said go. And then they shot it and we were on our way. But I'm like, oh, my God, this person got paid? So, so yeah, I like they're a professional. They, they were doing it and called themselves professional. But are they? Uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah. And before so, anybody gets mad, I think that everything I do is terrible. So I, I, I don't. I, I'm not looking down from my position of superior competency. But I you am. Can, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell it. Uh, like even even if you're uh, not competent, you can see competency, and there oh, you are. You can. Yeah, you really can. <laughs> there, there are actually clients who have hired me because they looked and they're like, look. I know a good photographer from a bad photographer and I've worked with a lot of bad photographers. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about photography, but I know you're good. And I'm like, yeah. s- people know. Yeah. Right? And, that, and they know that because competency is, I hesitate to say a universal language, but like, that's why being a professional is, is not married to the amount of money that you're making. Like you can, you can see competency mm-hmm. 
in so many fields, in so many uh, areas of expertise, even if you aren't an expert in that field. And that that hugely underlines to me that, you know, money, I, I don't want to say doesn't matter to, as far as professionalism is concerned because it's an aspect, but competency is huge and it's it's mm-hmm. so visible if you spend the remote, like a, a tiny amount of time paying attention. I worked at a studio that uh, when we were hiring new retouchers, we had three test files that we would give to anyone who came in. And when you came in, you could not interview until you did the test. You had half an hour to retouch these three files and then go away. And then we would review our like 20 candidates who came in and said, these are the only four that are any good that we want to interview. And then we see if we actually want to work with them and what's their background. But like, can you do it bare bare minimum um kind of one of the other things that i found what is a professional reliability and pairing with that accountability hmm. how do you feel about that Boy, one? i is, i really i really like this definition for two different reasons um mm-hmm. reliability is anyone can get a good shot once can mm-hmm. you get a good shot every time can you yeah. deliver on the client's requests every time. Yeah, you might call this consistency too. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so as you become better, you definitely become more consistent. When I started, I could shoot an entire day worth of photos. I could shoot 10,000 photos and one of them was amazing. And the rest of them very quickly got ditched from my portfolio. That one actually irked me a little bit because it was so unlucky of a good shot that it took me like four or five years of development to finally kick it from my portfolio with for something <laughs> new. I'm like, I'm, I gotta be better than this. I am better. I increased in consistency. Yeah, you um, can get lucky. I, I think the other thing there is accountability. And part of that is how do you treat the client relationship and how do you kind of own up to whatever, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if um, are you treating this like a business? Un- unless you're an airline where people like don't have a choice and you can be a jerk, like like you don't get very far being a jerk in business. So if you consider yourself a professional, mm-hmm. if you make a promise, you need to deliver on that promise. And if you don't deliver on that promise, you need to, you know, kiss butt and apologize or make it up to them mm-hmm. because yeah, you this- really need to, you know, you consider this a business, right? That's part of being a professional. Mm-hmm. And accountability takes, um, you know, quite a few different forms. It's 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 kind of a well-rounded thing. You you need to be both accountable in your behavior, but also you need to be accountable to your output. And and this to some degree comes back to reliability. But you know, people don't buy expensive backup camera bodies just for fun. Like that's part of being accountable is, mm-hmm. you know, things are going to fail. You know, things are, are going, aren't, aren't going to work out. And how do you work through that? Do you have backups both literally in like data backups and, and in your equipment? Do you have, mm-hmm. can you take failures and still produce under those failures? That's, that's a, an aspect of accountability that um, a lot of people, especially starting out, 
don't take seriously and then they get bitten oh yeah and then they realize oh i should have i should have backed that stuff up i should have had redundant that, sd cards I should oh have my had gosh a, a, that a segues yeah. so perfectly into the next thing self-control under pressure or yeah. staying calm <laughs> under pressure and there's two different forms of that form number one is oh no i just lost all the client's files and that realization will crush you mm-hmm. and if you lose a client's wedding files oh god help you um have i lost files before yeah in college Mm -hmm. and then i learned better by the time (laughs) i started doing stuff for real clients you better believe i was backing stuff up and even when one thing died i'm like oh god i'm running recovery software on this right now i hope it works and then like we get the thing we need and then okay everyone makes mistakes but you only make that mistake Mm -hmm. once Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is not something like I don't uh, I don't want to berate people for for mistakes because mistakes happen. And sometimes there's just like the perfect storm of catastrophic bad things that happens. And you better hope that doesn't happen in a wedding. I <laughs> actually saw um, but, yeah. an F Stoppers th- uh, article today where um, uh, it was a real estate photographer shot mm-hmm. at a very expensive house. And then they packed up all their gear in their car and they were driving away from the house. And as they were driving away, they noticed a car tailing them. And they're like, "That this car has been tailing us from the shoot. And in the middle of traffic, that other car pulls up to them, smashes the back window shield, grabs the camera bag out of the back and drives off in rush hour traffic. Yeah. And so, like, you have no way of preventing that. That is crazy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, the good thing is it's not a wedding. They can go shoot shoot that house again. Like, they have insurance. They're mm-hmm. going to be okay. I think there was even, like, a GoFundMe just to get them through until the insurance kicks back in, you know? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, like, stuff happens. Yeah. But you try to, you try to mitigate as many problems happening. I kind of just told under... that story because it's, it's sad, but it's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and, and, and like, so there's stuff like that, right? That like, you, it just, it just happens and you can mitigate that. Um, and, and in situations like that, really it's about how you handle that, like how you come back to the client mm-hmm. and explain things and that you don't just, you know, stomp your feet and, and throw a tantrum. Like you just get back to work, um, you know, as much as it may suck. But, uh, you know, we really like really just this, this approach to reducing the amount of potential issues, like anything that's under your control that could be handled, you should try to, you should try to fix mm-hmm. that. You should try to try to deal with those scenarios. You should try to have redundancy um, in all of your, your whole workflow. Um, what you can control to mitigate those issues, you should control. And beyond that, it's just sometimes you get unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, I've definitely had shoots where something happens and my plan gets completely derailed and I got mm-hmm. to pivot. Um, I've had, you know, drunk bridesmaid knocks over my light and the speed light explodes. All right, now I've got to pivot. I don't have that light to use anymore. How am I going to do this? I still deliver. I still do the thing. Instead mm-hmm. of three-point lighting, I figure out something else. Maybe they lose a kicker, or maybe maybe they get a silhouette shot with a kicker instead of a front light, you know? Like, yeah. all right, I lost a piece of gear, but, like, I'm going to deliver. Yeah. Um, there have been other times where I just tried doing... Like, there was uh, one shoot 
where um, my lens had just been, uh, I traveled and I apparently didn't pack it very well and it got an impacted barrel in flight. And then I tried using it on a shoot and it would not focus for the life of me. I could not get a sharp image. And then eventually I just, uh, like, I didn't stop my feet and tell the client, like, oh, this sucks, this should work. Why isn't it working? I just said, all right. I put it in my bag. I grabbed a different lens. It wasn't the one that I wanted to use for those portraits, but, like, I, I did it. And then mm-hmm. when I got home, I saved it. Really, the th- key is, can you save it till when you get home? And then when I get home, I'm like, what the, what the heck? Why? <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, it's busted, and the cost of repair is more than the cost of the lens, so I'm just going to, like, throw it out and buy a new one. This sucks, yeah. but, like stuff happens um there was actually a wedding that you helped me with where i was doing the live stream of all of the wedding photos so i was tethering the wedding photos to a laptop that was hooked up to a projector so six seconds after i shoot the photo all the guests can see the photo that i just shot so every photo for like an hour and a half had to be absolutely immaculately perfect and you were helping just kind of standing there watching the tech uh in an ideal world your job was do nothing (laughs) <laughs> your job was was fix it and get me up and running if if something goes down exactly um and and something i had failed to account for is the time and this was a long time ago but one thing i failed to account for was the time difference of when i had the model there versus when i would actually be shooting it mm-hmm. i shot it at the exact same time but this was in the fall or winter or something and the time shifted drastically so by the time the wedding actually happened i thought i knew where the sun would be and all the light and shadows and stuff and i was completely wrong and i was rewriting this carefully scripted plan on the fly and it was a mess but you know what you adapt and you get it done 100 <laughs> percent. that that is the professional right there um uh, kind of going back to the reliability and accountability, the other one that that segues into really nicely is integrity and honesty, which we kind of already talked about. Yep. Yeah. We but, did. but yeah, it's just like own up to your mistakes. Don't, mm-hmm. I mean, there are professionals who are sleazy, but don't yeah. be sleazy, but you no, know, that's, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't, yeah, don't be dodgy. Don't be sleazy. Like, don't try to, you know, pull anything over anybody. You know, be honest if there are are issues or if something bad happened. Um, you know, at, at worst, right, the worst that can happen is something bad happens and you can't fix it. Um, and the only good way to deal with that is to be honest and say, hey, this is what happened. Absolutely. And let's go from here. And again, you need to hope that that doesn't happen during a wedding because <laughs> a lot of a lot of things, right? Like the client yeah. might be frustrated, but people in general, unless they're jerks, t- tend to be pretty understanding. And um, you would you would have uh, you know you might have to reshoot something. You might have to you know double the amount of time that you spent on the that project because you have to go back and do it again. Um, yeah, but that's, I, that's part of, of integrity and that's part of being honest and owning up to your mistakes and you need to make sure that doesn't happen again. But, um, but people, if you're upfront about this stuff, you'd be surprised. People are a lot more understanding than you might think. Yeah. There was, there was one photographer that I second shot for a long time ago, which by all 
definitions was a professional photographer. He just did photography, nothing else. He made a pretty good living at it. He'd been doing it a long time, you know. Um, he All the business things that you need to run a business. But at a wedding, he left behind a memory card. He set it down to change memory cards and forgot to pick it back up and, like, put it in his pocket. And so he just left a full memory card just, like, on a rock somewhere. And how he dealt with it with a couple afterwards was like, yep, too bad. And then uh, at that, like, oh, I guess I'll never find it. You just lost like two hours worth of photos, but it's in your contract that you can't do anything about it. So too bad. And at the end of the night, uh, everything was running long as things do on a wedding day. He walks up to the couple. He's like, hey, you want to pay me like $800 to stay through your toasts? Who does that on a wedding day? What the heck mm. is wrong with you? If if that is your policy that you charge extra for extra hours, you have that conversation up front and you talk to the couple about that. You don't – oh, man. it That just – that was a gut punch to me and told me, like, I'm never going to do that to one of my clients. That is the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen, even though by all other definitions, professional. And guess what happens if you are if you don't have integrity, if you don't have honesty, what do you lose? You if lose respect. Oh, I was going to say, if 2020 <laughs> taught me anything, you lose nothing. You're fine. <laughs> I was going for a segue there. You lose respect. Oh, oh I, I'm like, I'm like every, everyone's fine because the world is an awful place. No, yeah, you lose respect. There's yep. that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I put respect on here, not necessarily for, like, like do you do you show the respect to photography mm-hmm. of it being a serious business? Because I treat photography like a business, but when I just go play video games of, like, if I get last place in, you know, Halo or whatever game people are playing now, <laughs> if I get last place, like, I don't care, whatever. And then uh, I was just playing online the other day, and someone yelled at me, hey, you suck. I'm like, sure. Okay, cool. I don't care. <laughs> and I did not respect the game at all, because it was just a thing that I do at the end of the day to wind down, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. what is the what is the level that you kind of respect like the photography or the clients or anything. There's a lot of different ways that you can define that, but that's kind of what I was, I was thinking. Yeah. I was just going for a fancy segue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. The, the, the respect for, um, I think just respect in general, right? Respect for the field, respect for what you're doing, respect for your clients, um, respect for yourself. Um, in general, I think just like, you know, being a professional is being respectful on many fronts and um and that might be you know you know like i said that might be something that you don't think about that might be respect for yourself where you know you're not gonna um deal with a a difficult client you know you like if you're if you're running your own business like you can fire clients sometimes because you need to respect yourself and that leads to better work for other clients so this this respect is not i'm i'm not saying this to say you know bend over backwards for everybody you know respect in being a professional is is uh helping yourself out a little bit too yeah and, it takes um, a lot of different forms for yeah it sure. takes it takes a lot of different forms so just in general respect 
Oh, I've thing. definitely fired <laughs> fired a client before. There's one client in particular who asked for probably about ten grand worth of work when the upfront agreement was five hundred dollar flat fee. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm nope. cutting you off. And then they badmouthed me everywhere. But like, mm-hmm. as far as I know, there were no repercussions because they were difficult to everyone else too. Um, yep. So yeah, but um, saying, part of saying no can be professional. Yeah. So Definitely. so part of having respect for both you and your clients too is uh, communication. Having mm-hmm. open lines of communication. Anytime I have made a mistake. Nine times out of ten, that mistake was due to a miscommunication or lack of communication. Right there with Super you. Super important. Yeah, yeah, and and a big thing with this, I think, is because um, it's because it's not just like you're always talking to your client. Um, a big thing is you you tend to assume that certain things are clear when they're not. It's really easy mm-hmm. to fall into the trap of like it's obvious what's happening. It's obvious what I'm doing when really the client might be thinking, what the heck, like what is going on? You know, what's, what, what is the deal? And you think it's just blatant, whatever, you know, we are working on or whatever part of the process you're in. And, um, and you're the only one that can see that. So uh, a big part of communicating effectively, um, especially to clients is kind of stepping out of your own shoes a little bit. What does this look like from the outside? What do they, what have they actually Mm -hmm. heard from me or seen from me? And, um, is, you know, is the, the process clear is, is the whole, um, project going forward as, as everybody expects, or, or is this just like a fog to anybody who isn't embroiled in directly in the process? Um, so you need to step away from yourself a little bit sometimes. And, and that helps you communicate more effectively. I, I have a perfect example of this. Uh, have you seen Kim's Convenience? I haven't. Oh, it's a great show. Yeah. And one of the protagonists is a photography student, which I didn't know uh, when I started watching it. So that's yeah, we need fun. to check it out. Yeah, check it out. Anyway, <laughs> um, so one of the things that happens in that show is uh, someone asks her, can you do a photo shoot for me? She's like, yes, I can. And that's it. That's the whole client preparedness process <laughs> and then she shows up she does the shoot and then afterwards she sends the bill and the person just kind of gapes at the bill and the whole rest of the episode is like well can i pay you as like a friend with like favors or like a spa day because this is a lot of money but like she never had that conversation up front hey you're gonna get xyz images it's gonna cost this much money and you need to give me at least, let's say, like two weeks or whatever before you start badgering me. Mm-hmm. I've had that mm-hmm. happen before, too, where I'm in the car on the way home and they're messaging me, hey, are they ready yet? I'm like, no, <laughs> crazy. What is wrong with you? There's this thing called editing that needs to be done. <laughs> this is a big one, the video, actually, a slight tangent. People hugely under people underestimate what it takes to make good photos people also underestimate what it takes to make video. <laughs> I think that's like, why less people do video. Yeah. It, like, you know, a good rule of thumb that I give people is like for the most basic editing, it's like at least two, one to maybe one. three hours per finished minute of video. And that's oh, for okay. like, that's for nothing. That's like, you know, you cut it up and maybe you do a little bit of color correction and like, that's it. Like, well, I mean this, this podcast, once we, end our clip to the time mm-hmm. where you send me your side of the file to the time where I actually put it online. I think 
uh, podcast maybe takes me about 15, 20 minutes because that's little to no editing. I make a mental note well, if yeah. I cough. But, but even that, no editing, and I have a template, and it's all drag and drop, still takes me like half an hour, right? Yeah, exactly. And we're working with like very static, specific shots, um, you know, controlled audio, controlled lighting. Uh, like it, this is about as as ideal as you could get for for turning things around quickly and that still takes time and anything more complicated than that is just going to get increasingly out of control like it's not you know think of think of like a a hollywood film right like an hour and a half like oh well how long does an hour and a half take to edit like months (laughs) with teams of people and i realize it's a lot of visual effects and stuff like that but but editing is hard just deciding how to chop things up and cut them is hard and uh people just don't understand that and so that that is actually a big part of the communication is setting expectations for what work is required here you know what kind of timelines are we talking about absolutely what what is involved in this yeah make sure so so part of this is making sure that you set clear expectations but i think Mm -hmm. the other part of this is making sure that you educate the client because uh let's say uh you're getting hired for senior portraits right Mm-hmm. The person who's hiring you has probably never hired a professional photographer before. Or yep. if you're doing a wedding, they've never hired a wedding photographer before. They don't know how this works. The best they can say is my friend got married and they got their photos in X amount of time. And I kind of saw the photographer when I was there. But like they don't know because they've never done it. So mm-hmm. you need to walk them through the process yep. And make sure that like you're there to help them. Um, so yeah, part part of that is if you want to stay in business, you need to leave a good taste in their mouth. And the best way to do that is over communicate. Make sure that they understand all the expectations, all the things you're doing or not doing, and like the timeline that mm-hmm. you're doing them in. These are super basic. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 so basic that it's easy to miss. This, that's true like, like in yeah, the show yeah. they're like okay i'll come to your shoot no you have to have the you have to have that talk first yeah. um yeah you may you may have done a thousand weddings but your client has probably only done one so this is yeah. their yeah that's it <laughs> this is their first them. wedding they don't yeah. know um yeah the kind of the last thing that uh i thought of when i was thinking about what is a professional is um understanding and satisfying a customer's needs. Mm-hmm. So let me let me kind of break this down. When I was an art student, and this became abundantly clear to me, actually earlier today I did an interview with a high school student um, who was interested in becoming a photographer. So they wanted to do an informational interview of like, hey, what is it like to be a photographer? So I was kind of expecting of like, hey, what do you like about the job? What do you not like about the job? What does your day look like? What are, what are the kind of things that are required to do the job, right? Those are the questions I was kind of expecting, but what they asked is like, what is your artistic style and what are the themes and symbols that you use? I'm like, wait a second. These are all questions that like teachers ask in humanities class about Renaissance paintings or novels, like nothing, no one cares about any of that in the real world. (laughs) In the real world, the client has a problem. The wedding client needs these memories captured. The senior picture, they need something for the yearbook. Uh, the com- commercial client who sells the gizmo, they need a photo of the gizmo that makes people drool and want to buy the gizmo. 
they have a problem and you are solving their problem. And kind of to me, like that is the biggest thing of like a professional versus a not professional. When someone says, Hey, can I have a portrait? The first thing I ask is what's it for? I'm not being annoying and I'm not going to charge you like different pricing, whether like it, my time is my time, right? My mm-hmm. licensing fees are my licensing fees. Like that's it. I'm not going to scale up or, Oh, you said wedding. There's an upcharge for weddings. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't do that. Some vendors do that. And those are the skeezy ones we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But what I'm asking for is cause like, if you are like a blogger and you're doing it on your bio, I'm going to shoot that headshot very differently than if you're an actor trying to send in headshots to casting directors because you have two completely different audiences who have two completely different needs when they're looking at your photo. And I need to know what I'm shooting it for so that I can satisfy that need. So to me, that is like all of the things we've talked about today. But to me, that is the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're building you're building the the photo you're 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 building the end result before you're even taking the picture or close to it you're you're trying to figure out the the best way mm. to satisfy their needs so that everything is done um to well to make the customer happy so <laughs> yeah that's that's huge i mean you're you're fulfilling if your profession is to do something if you know of anything you you have a client of of some kind whether you're uh you know you're employed by a company who needs you to have some sort of output or you're you're your own company um getting clients i mean you're you're satisfying customer needs so at the end of the day that's that's probably the peak one is understanding and satisfying those needs makes you a professional so so there are two final questions that i definitely want to ask before we close out this podcast i know mm-hmm. it's been a long one question number 1 what is our actual definition of a professional photographer? And question number two, is there a difference between a full-time and a professional photographer? Uh, let's answer the second one first. No, I don't think there's a difference between a full-time and professional photographer, to me anyway. Uh, here's here's <laughs> what I will say. Mm-hmm. I think that you can be a professional without being full-time. Certainly, it, it feels like a, a a square is not a rect uh, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not necessarily a square type mm-hmm. thing. You you can be a professional whether you are full time or not full time. Yep. If you're full time, hopefully you, you are professional in the way you conduct business. Mm-hmm. But I think being a professional photographer is: do you treat it like a business? And do you give you your business and your clients the respect? that is deserving of this being a professional service. Exactly. Whenever I fill out taxes, it feels so weird to me that I'm classified as retail. I'm classified (laughs) as sales because I feel way more like a professional service than a sale Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because the IRS doesn't know where to put me. But yeah, so... How do I tax you? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you and Eddie Bauer are the same thing, right? No. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) No, so I definitely feel more like a professional, like you're providing a service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, to me, that's that's what a professional is. Yep. Do you do you consider yourself a professional and treat it in a professional manner? So all of you out there listening, if you do, start calling yourselves a professional because you because you are. If you think you are, you probably are, and probably charge more money than you currently are. If any, <laughs> there's there's that. Yeah. 
go listen to that episode that we did about that we did <laughs> we will we will link it in the doobly-doo or comments <laughs> or whatever yeah yeah all right this this has been great uh i i had no idea where we were going with this when we started but i knew we would get somewhere and i think the journey was worth it so thanks thanks for talking about this with me today Stuart. <laughs> sure thing Thank you uh, to all the listeners um, who are joining us on this journey as well. Uh, definitely, oh yeah, them too. Yeah, definitely rate us on your on Apple Podcasts or your or podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the show. We love doing these for you, and we love to see that feedback. Um, so yeah, thank you all for being here. Uh, thanks to Ben for a great uh, conversation and, uh, we'll see you next time. I'm not sure what we're doing next time, but we will find out together. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo op dot show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative as in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to photo op anywhere podcasts are sold or download because it's free.